listening, depending when you are listening to this uh, marvellous podcast, welcome once again uh, to the Piece of Candy podcast. I think you all need to go get some lives <laughs> and listen to me and Alex drone on and on uh, about yet another review. Don't get rid of our audience when they've just started listening. All of that one person who's probably listening, which is probably Sabrina. Oh, God bless her. God bless her little cotton socks on her little train journeys to London. Uh, so what are we talking about today, Alex? Well, Alex, uh, today we're talking about the Bartimaeus books. <laughs> Wonderful. <It's> my favourite. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought Sabriel was your favourite. Yeah, but Bartimaeus is also like my favourite. <laughs> I very much like him too. Very, 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 very good books. They are very well. They are very well written. Mm. Um, So, those of you who don't know or haven't heard about the Bartimaeus trilogy, where have you been? You need to get your head out of the rock or or where it is, maybe out of your ass, Mm. and go down to your library. Yes, they do still exist. Um, Or you can just buy it. You know, it's an investment. Um, And go buy the trilogy of. Bartimaeus. Get down to the um, S sections by Jonathan Stroud. Write it down. Jonathan Stroud. <laughs> um, so a brief overview of the books. Uh, there is a, tr- a trilogy of books plus a sequel. No, um, a prequel to mm. these trilogies. So there's four books all together. Uh, and it's about uh, magicians, not wizards. Um, no. Very specific about not wizards, but magicians. Yeah. Well, essentially, they have no magic. All of the magic that is in this world uh, is through mathematics and pentacles and and everything like that. It, it, anyone can learn it. No one's been born specifically. Um, no one's got magical gifts, really, apart from some of the commoners who have an immunity to the demons that are being summoned. Yeah. Uh, so all, we, the, all the power comes through from demons that yes. the magicians summon. Uh, and these books are set in basically an alternative London, yeah. uh, kind of an alternative modern day London, as it were. Uh, the government is entirely populated by magicians, and they use said demons to to retain their power. Um, and we go on to the adventures of Bartimaeus, who is a very sassy, sassy. Uh, demon. Uh, which level of jinn is he? He is a fourth level jinni. Thank you very much. Uh, he, he is a uh, fourth level jinni. Well, spelt D-J-I-N-N-I, which I love. Mm. I love the spellings in this book. I don't yeah. know why. Well, I think that is the, the traditional spelling of jinni or genie. Yeah, there it is. It's a d-jinni. Mm. Um But thankfully, at the beginning of the book, he does have a little... Uh, pronunciation section of how to pronounce names <laughs> and such on and such forth. Um, so. Indeed. Well, the main trilogy follows uh, the story of Bartimaeus, uh, the fourth level Ginny, and Nathaniel, a uh, young, young boy who's who becomes a magician um, through the magician adoption system. And the trilogy goes through their, their three sort of ma- main big adventures they have together. 
Um, and uh, it's it's lovely, it's lovely to have a relationship like theirs in a book because although they do grow to like each other, it's very eventually. much eventually. <laughs> it's you know it's a slave and master relationship. It's That's not what like the demons are. Yeah, because all, all the demons are slaves to the magicians, and they all they all resent their enslavement. Um, quite obviously, uh, because you know all the power it goes one way. Although they can. They can sometimes get back at the magicians. Um, it's only if the magicians make a mistake themselves. Then um, they are dead. Yep. <laughs> but no, it's nice to see you know, a book where sort of not every the it's it's not a relationship of friends or sort of or you know allies who come together to fight a greater evil. Well, I guess in, in some ways they fight a greater in, evil. In, in some ways, the way it leads at the end mm. and well throughout the book. Uh, but it's nice. It's not really a romance thing, like a you know a couple have come together or mm. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a refreshing refreshing change from your your Harry Potters and your Aragons and things. No, because I, I was going to touch upon them, the whole Harry Potter and this book because this book was released um, pretty much post uh, Harry Potter madness, mm. as it were, um, and Stroud was a little bit concerned to say the least because it is a very similar book in the fact you know it's magician it's magic it's another magic world book mm-hmm. that it would be definitely be overshadowed by harry potter um but i think he's come well um done it very well yeah um because in this world the magicians aren't the heroes just the whole point why he wrote it he was uh thinking about it and he thought well what if the, the magic users the magicians are the bad guys mm. And what if the, the demons or the, the genie are the good guys? What if the hero of the book is what is usually traditionally the bad guy, the monsters? Yeah. Uh, so I think he's very cleverly twisted it round, mm. um, just giving it a topsy-turvy world. Yeah. Well, the 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 demons are very, very humanised. Um, well, especially, you know, since the main part of the story is seen through through the eyes of Bartimaeus. Um it's a very interesting structure in a way, in that uh, it's the the chapters that follow Bartimaeus. He's he's in direct conversation with the reader, um, which I love. It's really nice. It's really nice the way you know he he'll go off on little tangents and um, with actual you, footnotes. You get you get lovely lo- yeah lovely lovely footnotes you you read that sort of tail off and distract him and that sort of thing. Um, and then the chapters that follow Nathaniel or human other human characters are very much sort of straight third person narrative. Mm. Yep, Nathaniel is the uh, the first, well not the first, but in this book he is the master of Bartimaeus. Mm. Um, and at the, how old was he when he first summoned him? Was he twelve or was he fourteen? Oh, it's um, I think twelve or hmm. I'm not. Because he was yes, I think, I think in the last book. I think he's 12, 12 in the first book and 14 in the second book. And yeah, he's 17 yeah. in the last book. Yeah. It's yeah. a big, bigger jump to the last book. Yeah. yeah. So, traditionally, 12-year-olds don't actually uh, summon fourth-level djinn. No. Uh, <laughs> on their own. Um, it was actually a revenge, which kind of tangles them all up into a bigger bigger conspiracy and eventually you know they actually end up saving uh the government yeah 
essentially. <laughs> <laughs> for now, for the first book, anyway. The evil Simon Loveless. Ah, evil Simon Loveless. <laughs> Very evil. <laughs> Too good looking. I think if ever there was to be a movie, I think even though the actor doesn't have blonde hair, um, I think Benedict Cumberbatch would be a good match for Simon Lovelace. <gasps> yes! <laughs> yes! Benedict Cumberbatch could totally be Simon Lovelace. Although, then you could also argue that Benedict Cumberbatch could do the voice for Bartimaeus. No. No? Really? No. <laughs> I think it'd be quite. I think it'd be quite good. Although, personally, if it if it was if they were just doing the voice, then I would I would opt for the uh, the narrator of the audiobooks, Simon Jones. He actually, you know, I did audiobooks, and he does a marvelous Bartimaeus voice. He's so good. I love Simon Jones as a. What about Sean Bean? Sean Bean as the voice. No, I, I, I no, yeah, I wouldn't like his accent. Uh, He's got that gravel to it. Yes, but he would, I think he would, it might struggle for some of the more light-hearted bits. Cause although Bartimaeus is often very cynical, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think the, the bits where he's sort of having fun and leaping over other people's heads and tweaking their noses as he passes, <laughs> um, I don't think Sean Bean would be able to pull that off quite so convincingly. I, um, who would you cast as Nathaniel? Nathaniel, ooh, that's... Because I can't think of any young actors right now. They're all grown up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, no, there's uh, there's a little bit of a dearth at the moment. Although, yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of young actors. Problem is I don't watch enough television. Uh... You know who I would have cast? Um, Oh, never remember his name. Um, He's a British actor. Um... (laughs) He was in the Maze Runner, but he was also in something else. Oh, do you mean the the one who was in Love Actually? Yes. Huh. If he was younger, he would have made a good Nathaniel. I'm not so sure. I'm not sure. Sure, I like the gawky, geeky looking. You know, yeah, a bit. I'm not, I'm not sure. I quite like the look for him. I maybe. Well, who would you cast? Hmm. I'm just thinking. If we if 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 we could use a time machine, who would I cast? Yeah, if we could use a time machine, who would you cast? Ooh, I think a young Nicholas Holt would be quite good. Um, mm, he's too chunky. Chunky? Am I thinking of the right Nicholas Holt? The guy in about a boy? Yeah, but no older than when he was in about a boy. You know, because he was so he's quite got a well-defined, like chiselled jaw. No. But I think he's. I like. He's got quite a striking face, which I think would be good for for uh, Nathaniel. But uh, maybe not. <laughs> I'd want to. I don't think he'd uh, make a good Nathaniel, but I'd want to get Russell Tovey in there somewhere. Um, I don't know as who. Yeah. <laughs> possibly. Not sure. Mm, possibly as uh, yeah, Jenkins, one of the young. Evil wizards in the last book, or something. Last one. <laughs> uh, well, as I say, it is a trilogy of books, and on their first adventure, um, the Amulet of Samarkand. Uh, this is actually my favourite book. Out of the four, mm. it's my favourite. Um, it just sets up the whole thing beautifully. But also, I feel it's it's a fantastic book as a standalone book. 
Yes. You know, yeah. it has a start, it has a middle, and it ends. It, it wraps everything up. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it, do, it, does, it doesn't have to be the beginning of a trilogy. No, right. it genuinely doesn't. Um, Although it was always planned to be, you know, it was never just going yeah, to be. Yeah, it was always planned to be the trilogy, mm. but I do feel like it is actually more of a standalone book, mm. and it's probably the book that I read most out of all of them. Um, it's just so addictive to read. It's so easy to read as well. Yeah. Um, but the main plot line in, the, in this book, is Nathaniel is our budding young apprentice uh, magician and he has been adopted by another very quite low mid-class magician um, and his wife um, the Underwoods and they well Mr. Underwood is the magician in question uh, the master but that's one of the the, one of the things I thought was a little odd because I forget does it say that um that Arthur Underwood is the head of internal affairs? Or does he just work at internal affairs? I'm pretty sure it says he just works He's at not, oh, okay, okay. That was, that was the thing. Cause I, but I might be wrong on this. Part of me was... All I remember, he's just a mid-level, kind mm. of mumbly-bumbly... See, that's what everyone describes him as, and I thought, I suddenly thought for a moment, hang on, did they, did they if they said he was the head of internal affairs, that's quite a big position. Um, for someone who gets... He, was, he wasn't... No, no, he probably wasn't the head of internal affairs. No. <laughs> um, but yes, he's taken on Nathaniel as his apprentice from about the age of, I don't know, eight, I think he was when he first adopted him. Around that, yeah. Around that age. Um, oh, no, maybe, maybe a he... bit younger because they have to forget their birth name, magicians. So yeah, was, they have to forget their birth name, and Nathaniel is his birth name um, because it has a certain power. So if another uh, magician or even a demon knows their birth name, they have a very powerful um, hold over them. They can cast spells or do anti-spells, and uh, basically you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as was proven when Nathaniel first summons uh, Bartimaeus, he accidentally overhears his true name. And so whenever Nathaniel tries to punish Bartimaeus... He, Bartimaeus just utters the, um, what's the word? Well, I just said count, it. Counterspell. <laughs> Counterspell. Counterspell counter spell with his name and it, the spell directly, uh, shoots back at Nathaniel. Mm. And this is kind of, uh, the crux of a lot of the series is they have this kind of understanding, uh, because Bartimaeus knows Nathaniel's true name, um, He has that uh, constant thing. Yes, it, it evens the playing field a little. Um, yeah, it does even the playing field. Even though Bartimaeus is still still a slave, um, he he does have a certain degree of control over Nathaniel. Um, and at, at first, after um, after the adventure in the Ambulance of Samarkand, where as I say they they save the government from the evil Simon Lovelace, who's trying to who tries to kill them all. Um, they Nathaniel originally sort of promises never to summon Bartimaeus again um, from the from the other place, um, and then it's only sort of in in a moment of desperation when he feels you know he's he's never have had a demon that he summoned who worked as well as Bartimaeus, um, so he uh, in desperation calls on Bartimaeus again, 
uh, in the second book. Yes. Which is my least favorite book. <laughs> uh, I, I, having reread the uh, the second book, I liked it a lot more than I I used to. Um, I will say, I re- the bit that re- really falls down for me is uh, the Kitty's backstory in particular. In the second book, yes, I found those chapters long and dreary. Um, Kitty is uh, is is a commoner in in London who is secretly working with a group who's tr- who are trying to bring down the magicians. Um, but the resistance. The resistance. Um, but uh, <laughs> they're uh, they're not the most competent bunch um, in the world. Uh, no. <laughs> And uh, they break into the tomb of William Gladstone, who is the greatest British magician there ever was. Um, and uh, basically, they all get eaten, or die, or they all get killed by an old spirit Thank trapped in there. And <laughs> Kitty's the only one who really who really escapes and survives. Because she's, um, as time progresses, they're finding that more and more commoners are being born with natural immunity to magic. Yes. Yeah. So Kitty has um, a certain ex- to a certain extent uh, invulnerability to spells, yep. uh, and another part of their gang could see through any kind of yep. um, mirage or any kind of cloak yep. that the yep. demon has. Yeah, exactly. They're they're a group who yeah, a resistance in more than just name. Yeah, um, but yeah, trouble is. Though the resist the chapters once the resistance actually get going and start stealing from Gladstone's tomb and then all start dying, aren't so bad. But the the her backstory and build up chapters, I find quite long and a little bit tedious to to slog through. Um, yeah, the only bit that I found really interesting was just the incident she and her friend had. Yes, when uh, with that magician. Yeah, when she first when she first sort of discovers her resistance to to magic. Mm. Um, but even then, although funny enough, I had a little bit of the same problem with uh, with Nathaniel's sort of growing up backstory in uh. the in the Amulet of Samarkand. Oh, what really? Yeah, honestly, because I I think the trouble is because the books sort of flip back and forth for for those characters in those chapters from the mm. past and the present. I just want to get back to the present and to the adventure that's happening at the minute. Um, okay, I'll see what you mean. They all make it a bit stop start. Yeah, exactly. And I wish you know, just I, I almost just want a quick summary of their of their backstories, and then get to the action <laughs> now. I mean, let's let, you know have um, you know you can always have backstories in flashbacks um, in in scenes themselves rather than having whole chapters that sort of whole chapters yeah uh, following yeah. you know kids and having drawing lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she, he did have quite a few drawing lessons, mm. didn't he? Yeah. So and well, it's for that reason that um, although I do I do like number two, it's for that reason that um, the third book is my favourite. To- Ptolemy's oh, really? Gate. Ptolemy's yeah. Gate. Because Ptolemy's Gate is where you get the full backstory on Bartimaeus. Yes. Um, in love that, and bit. his backstory is great and really interesting because we've we've had it. lots of hints to it uh, in the first couple of books, um, and we finally get to see his relationship with his old master Ptolemy, who um, was uh, the only human who ever really treated him like an equal, um, and uh, and then Kitty 
sort of comes to uh, and comes to make the uh, the same offer and sacrifice for Bartimaeus that his old master Ptolemy made. Um, and you, which was going through to going through to the um, other place, the to the, other place. To the world where 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 demons exist. Um, can you call it a world? It's very odd the description of it. It's just called the other place. Mm. It's not, like I say, it's not really a world. It's just yep. it's the other place. So, so yeah, it's sort of mass expansive spirits who exist. All, it's just a world of yeah, energy. Yeah, they exist sort of an energy where they exist all together and as one. Um, without, without dimensions, without even time, really. Um, no, say so time doesn't exist, matter doesn't really exist. It's yeah. All their essences, as what it's called, mm. what makes up their being is called essence. Yeah. Just kind of all floating around. Um, floating around. But I also, yeah, I, I enjoy, I actually enjoy the kitty chapters in, uh, Ptolemy's Gate as well, because it's... Yeah, I was going to say, in Ptolemy's Gate, I prefer the Kitty chapters, because it's... Well, it's exciting. It's yeah. like, oh, what's she doing now? Oh, my God, no way! Yeah. And it's nice to see Nathaniel, sort of the the disillusion of uh, of his government life sort of finally coming fully to bear on him, and finally understanding sort of the futility and the you know... The fact that he doesn't enjoy, you know, he's, in in some sense, sort of gotten everything he wanted. You know, he's one of the most powerful ministers in the government. Yeah, for being such a young and, age. And yeah, he's uh, only 17. He's a prodigy. Um, he's a magicianal... Magician? Magicianal? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is a young prodigy um, in magic, mm. uh, which makes him... Do- he, he advances quite swiftly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, but he becomes disillusioned. He realizes that sort of all the other government ministers are really just sort of power hungry cronies. And he comes yes. to the, yeah, <laughs> and just sort of comes to the final realization that he doesn't really want this power that he's been aspiring to. Um, to have. Yeah, it's not bringing him any satisfaction. The satisfaction mm. that he's, he's been told sort of throughout his life that it will bring. That's what you want. Yeah. Uh, I'll say his character development is absolutely of all books I've read, or truly Caesar I've mm. read, is definitely one of my favourite. Yeah. Just from start to beginning, his chapters, because um, at the start of each chapter, it has the name of the character who that chapter is going to be about. So Bartimaeus, we call Bartimaeus, Kitty Kitty, and Nathaniel. Chapters would be called Nathaniel. Uh, now, in the first book, all of his chapters are called Nathaniel. Um, and in the second book, I believe, I think they start off as Nathaniel, or do they start off as John Mandrake? You know, I can't remember. Um, I can't remember. There might be a couple of um, chapters that say Nathaniel, mm. but after a while, majority of the book has his uh, magician name, which you choose, <laughs> I think, when you're about 10 or 12, yeah. um, as your basically your new name, mm. which is John, and he chose John uh, Mandrake, wonderful little scene there between his, him and his master. Yes, as they're choosing the name. Um, as they're choosing the name. Um, and then when we come finally to the third book, uh, it starts off with his chapters being called John Mandrake, but as he slowly, as you said, realises just what he is a part of, mm. the chapters then change to back to Nathaniel again. Uh, and I got really excited because I was reading it and I was like, ah, oh, 
John Mandrake, what are you doing? <laughs> Who are you? This isn't you. Um, and then when I turned the page one day and I saw uh, the title of the chapter was Nathaniel, I was like, oh, yes! <laughs> yeah. Yes! Nathaniel is back! Because I like Nathaniel. Mm. He's such a normal hero. Exactly. He's he's very he's very sympathetic um, for a reader. You, you know, you can really very much sort of relate to him um in uh in 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 that sort of harry potter way where you know everyone feels that sort of maybe they're underappreciated uh Mm. in some way and he he spends most of the books being underappreciated in one way or another um underestimated underestimated as well yeah and uh yeah so he's he, he really sort of speaks to the reader in that way um Oh, definitely. He's such a normalised character. You know, he gets shit wrong all the time. Yeah. <laughs> he fucks up all the time. Um, and usually it's Bartimaeus who comes to his aid. Yeah. But even that even said, even Bartimaeus, he cocks up all the yeah. fucking time. <laughs> he messes things yeah. up. He gets it wrong, sometimes on purpose. Um, and I love that Bartimaeus has this very old, old arch enemy in the form of Farquhar. Mm. Um, I, I, those two just, I love it. <laughs> they have, a, they do have a, a brilliant back and forth, and maybe, but possibly do. that's why uh, uh, the second book, Golem's Eye, is your least favorite because Fakwal, that's the only book Fakwal isn't in. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's in there, is he? Nope. Nope, yeah, <laughs> often trapped or something. Um. We did, we did go over, the book did go over, I'm sure it did, about how they first fell out. Or am I making that up? Well, there's been lots of different things sort of over the years, um, and you find out sort of in this, in their occasional conflicts throughout the books, um, when Bartimaeus, you know, at one point when he's sort of, when he's in Fakwell's power, that's apologising for the various things. Um, and, uh, I'm sorry for this and sorry for that, and, uh, Sorry for uh, braining you from behind in the battle of such and such, which now I see the look on your face you didn't realise was me. Uh, yes. <laughs> although they are, yeah. they are in uh, the in the ring of in Solomon's ring, they are united briefly. Yes, because sometimes course. in their history, because um, Bartimaeus is over five thousand years old. I'm mm. not sure how old Farquhar is. Well, he claims, uh, in, in the Ring of Solomon, he claims to be just a little bit older. Um, although <laughs> Bartimaeus is never, is never quite sure whether he is or not. Right. Okay, so basically they've been roughly around probably the same amount of time. Mm. Um, and they've just had this animos- animosity, is that the right word? Yeah. Um, between each other. Sometimes they have been summoned by the same master and, They've been forced to get along, but for some reason, more often than they're not, they're always on opposing sides. Yeah. And they and they <laughs> tend to rub each other up the wrong way as well. They do, um, and it's so strange because I think Farquhar is a more powerful Jin. That's the thing; they've never they never really have a, a head-to-head confrontation where no. where they've been on equal footing. No, um, so it's never it's never been quite proved. But Bartimaeus has always avoided. A head-to-head sort of confrontation. So there's the implication that perhaps Fakwal is uh, is the one who a lot, 
people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is yeah, probably a, a level higher or, or something mm. like that. Even though Bartimaeus says, "Oh yes, yes, I could totally take on Baal. <laughs> I could take him. I could eat him for breakfast," as he always does. Because um, it always seems Farquhar has always got the upper hand in Bartimaeus, and literally always Bartimaeus just manages to escape death, mm. literally by the skin of his yeah. teeth. Um, and even in the last book, Farquhar pretty much finished him off. And the mm. only way Bartimaeus got out of that was uh, Nathaniel summoned yeah. him. That was the only way he got out of the uh, the silver tureen of fish soup. Yep. <laughs> silver, by the way, is one of the only things that can be harmful to a demon. Yeah. And kill it. Well, oh, I just love the satire. Of it. I'm going to sort of move on to my least favorite book, which is The Ring of Solomon. Um, and I just, I, it's not that I dislike the book. Um, I do, I do, I do enjoy it, but I find it so much less relatable than the main series. Um, I did find it was waffle a lot. Yeah, I found Asmira so dry and boring as a character, as a human character. I mean, her, you know, kitty chapters have got nothing on Asmira. Yes. <laughs> uh... As- Asmira, yeah, so dull and tedious, and oh, she's raised all her life to do this, and yeah, this. It, it sort of did give her backstory, but it wasn't enough to make me sympathetic towards her. Um, and she was just, I think the fact that she's just so single minded in a way. Um, and at the end of the book, you know, she slightly comes into her own and she decides to, you know, be a bit more independent and do her own thing. Um, but the fact that, yeah, she's, she's a, she's been raised as a sort of willing servant to the great queen Balkis. And, uh, yet doesn't really question that until she meets Bartimaeus. But she doesn't meet Bartimaeus till about halfway through the book. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Bartimaeus, he he's still good, but the trouble is, because it's you know it's set three thousand years before the original trilogy, um, you find a lot of his references aren't quite as fun. You know, he, he you don't have all the modern equivalents and and you know references to to you know. Throwing public lavatories on top of people and that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I did find that a little bit lacking, just the relatability. Mm, exactly, and it's not a bad. It's not a bad book. I mean, it's 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 inter- it's nice to have another story where you know Bartimaeus is just doing his thing. But it's the fact that it's also set before before he met uh, Ptolemy, so he doesn't have this. Although he is. St- sympathetic to humans where a lot of jinn aren't you know especially you see where Fakwal isn't Fakwal wants to eat, wants to at one point eat as Mira um and Bartimaeus yeah. uh, persuades him not to but the fact that you know he's still sort of very much against humans you actually see you at the beginning of the book you get you see him eat his original master in the book yes because he tricked him to leave his uh, protective pentacle mm. circle yeah um but then that's why he was resummoned by Solomon. Mm. No, not Solomon. Uh, um, one of his meanest. Kaba uh, the cruel. Court- yes, court- courtiers. Kaba uh, summons him as punishment. Mm. And uh, yeah, so it. 
As I say, it's it's good. It's 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 an okay story. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, it just really I I find it lacking, um, and it edges over over uh, the Golem's Eye, um, which would be, probably be my uh, my third favorite book. Um, and but, well, the Golem Eye, Golem's Eye has a lot of um, has a lot of London sort of direct references. The fact that you have um, Westminster Abbey, where they uh, where the Resistance raid the tomb of Gladstone, and you have uh, the British Museum where Bartimaeus fights the Golem for the first time. Um, in fact, you know, I've I've been to the British Museum and I've seen the Egyptian wing where they have the fight. Um, and you know, it, in 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 the fight, Bartimaeus hurls the Rosetta Stone and destroys it at the Golem. And you know, it's nice, you know, it's very relatable because yeah, I've I've seen the Rosetta Stone. Um, so, yeah, it 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 edges over for me in that way. And okay, yeah, just yeah, not not a massive fan of Ring of Solomon, I fear. Well, I didn't find that there was many things that did stick out for me in um, in Gollum's Eye. Mm. Like the only really bit that I remember is the bit where, well, the bit with Gollum, the bit where Gladstone's remains are uh, is jumping over the rooftops, yes. and the scene with the imps on the roof. He talked to Bartimaeus and says, "Oh, he'll be come back again, and every time he comes back, he eats one of yes. us." <laughs> <laughs> and they're just so pathetic sitting on the roof, yeah. like, oh, they're going, he's going to come eat us, and he oh, comes up and laughs at us. And... Uh, well, see, that, that's sort of one of the things, those are the sort of things that stick in your mind, but sort of going back to it, there's always a bit more in there than I initially remember, because, um, I, I mean, there's the Bartimaeus and Nathaniel uh, have a trip to Prague in that book. And they go on their secret yeah. covert mission, which is a lot of fun. And you have sort of arguments over blood red or brick red feathers, um, and dealing with the uh, the very strange, um, strange British spy spy who lives in Prague. Um, so I, I I do like the Gollum's Eye, and uh, definitely edges over uh, over old Solomon. Who is your other than um... Nathaniel, for obviously mm. reasons, and Bartimaeus, for obvious <laughs> reasons. Who is your favourite character? I have to say, I really like Jessica, Jessica Whitwell. Yes! Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mine too! Oh my god, I love she's, this person. She's so very Professor McGonagall, in a way. Oh my god, I, dude, I was actually about to say that. She's like the McGonagall of the uh, yeah. Bartimaeus series. She's sort of very strict and sort of prim and, and old... Um, although she's she she doesn't have that sort of warm inner center that McGonagall has. No, um, yeah, she's she's, uh, she's she's quite happy to ditch Nathaniel when she thinks he might be trouble for her. Um, yeah, and she does. What is she head of? She's not head of. Is she head of security? Um, or she's not head of police because that was Deval. No, yeah, I think she. I think she is head of. Oh, maybe she's a head of internal affairs or. No, it's something to do with security mm. or something like that. Oh, maybe, I'm sure. Yeah. But she was in charge of the Tower of London. Yeah. Uh, when Bartimaeus first gets caught yes. and has to flee the Tower of London. Yeah. And she's always, yeah, quite fun and ruthless and iron fisted. And yet she always does the right thing. Mm, yes, no, she. Like, maybe 
Iron Fisted, but it's in the right direction. Exactly, yeah. Um, which made me a little bit sad in the last book, because she does die. Yes. Well, almost um, everybody dies. Of the... Yeah, everybody dies <laughs> in the last book, apart from Bartimaeus and Kitty. Um, what do you think of the... Because um, the, the crux... Well, not the crux. The, um, the climax and the big reveal at the end um, is after an, an internal plot for power has gone awry by the traitorous Quentin Makepeace, who is a um, playwright, funnily enough, and starts doing demon-human hybrids. So they summon um, a demon into the body of a human, um, but unfortunately the demons, as soon as they're in there, kind of take over. Yep. They they burn basically burn through the body. Well, not literally, but um, they wipe the magician's mind, so they are now in control of the body completely. And all of this happens, and they capture pretty much the the entire ministry um, government during a play. That traitorous man. Um, and they 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 they're, they're given a choice as to sort of whether yeah one by one they're given a choice. Um, they can either become a host to a demon, or they can fuck off and die. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, um, but then it's Jessica Witchwell's turn, and she comes up, and Farquhar is reading a list of which demons um, are going to be summoned, and he says, "Right, you can have this one." And she says, well, you've given everybody else the option. Why haven't you given me the option? Mm. Oh, yes. <laughs> so he says, well, we just thought you'd be like everybody else. Because all the magicians have pretty much chosen to be a vessel because they're so cowardly. They don't want to die. Yeah. Well, the thing is that those who don't, who choose not to be a host get eaten by yes. Lord Nauda. But he says that she, <laughs> she looks so thin and unappetizing as a meal. Oh yeah, <laughs> she's very thin and bony. Yeah. Um, but she's pretty much the only one out of all the ministers mm. uh, who puts up a yeah, fight. Yeah, manages to summon her demon and have a go at them. But uh, didn't do much alas, good. But, uh, not much good against someone like Nauda. Yes, Nauda is a big, be- big, mean, nasty, uh, big, mean, nasty demon yeah. uh, because he actually comes outside of. The classes, uh, which goes imp, foliot, um, jin, then afrits, afrits, and then married, and then you have other sub um, categories, but you've got powerful beings such as Nauda um, and Ramuthra, mm. who's in the first one, who are above married, and they're pretty. Nasty. Pretty <laughs> tricky customers. Although um, Nauda, so when he does speak, is um, isn't sort of necessarily the uh, the the horrible nasty demon that um, that. Uh, oh wait, no, I'm getting confused now. Um, Which one are you thinking? Uh, of? The in, in the in the first book, um, Ramuthra. Um, isn't 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 quite the nasty demon. He he just does as he's commanded by Simon Lovelace. Um, but uh, he 
almost has a hint of amusement when uh, he sees the trick that Bartimaeus plays. Yes, he does, mm. doesn't he? And so I see no woman, only a grinning jinny. Oh, yeah, <laughs> only a grinning jinny. <laughs> I don't know, who do you think is more powerful, Ramuthra or um, Nauda? Hmm. But this is actually kind of a tricky question because... Ramuthra was under the control of Simon Lovelace, mm. and yet Nauda wasn't under the control of anybody. Yeah. Well, Nauda is, is he's referenced as uh, being the one who ended up being the downfall of Atlantis. Um, oh, yeah. And I'd... You've got a history. Mm, I'd, I don't know. It's very hard to say. Um... I think Ramuthra might have the edge because Ramuthra, when he when he steps through a rift in in the worlds, he's so powerful he doesn't really even have a visible form, um, and even going near him or the rift to the other place that he creates, you know, can you know do strange things to the world, and uh, yes, yeah, like he bends time or matter yeah. or. Just things don't seem. But the trouble is, we. But with with Nauda, he's trapped in a human body, even though he sort of slowly starts expanding out of the human body. Uh, um, yes, because he's so powerful. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's hard to judge. But uh, I I'd, I'd say possibly Ramuthra, but um, I I'm not sure. Who's your Who's your favorite demon other than Bartimaeus? You know what? I know this sounds weird, but I I, I really like Jabor. Really? Oh, <laughs> old jackaloo <laughs> Jabor. Yeah, I think he's just so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Yeah. Um, and Bartimaeus does like to take the piss out of him. Yes, a lot. <laughs> uh, Jabor is essentially he's, he's very strong. Mm. He's a genie. Possibly, he's a genie, yeah. but he's sort of one of the most powerful genie. Yeah, he's one of the most powerful genies. Unfortunately, he hasn't got the brains to match his brawn. No, not quite. <laughs> not quite. And he's basically he's sent off to do missions and uh, doesn't speak very much. Kind of just dies and dies in the first book. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I just find just very comical of him running down the corridor, running on the rooftops. Um. And just being outsmarted yes. all the time by Bartimaeus. When, when, yes, when it's when uh, he and Fakwal rescue Bartimaeus from the Tower of London, um, Jabor is sort of left behind as Bartimaeus and Fakwal escape, and uh, Bartimaeus says, "Oh, that'll be the end of him." And Fakwal just sort of says, "No, he won't. No, he won't. <laughs> he'll be fine." <laughs> yeah, he'll <laughs> like, no, no, he'll, no. Sort of, he'll sort of eat and swallow and destroy all the demons that they have, and just sort of come quietly along afterwards. Yeah, but oh, he'll be along later. <laughs> Which presumably, presumably he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One thing that they agree yeah. on. So, what do you think of the whole um, the whole through line? Do you feel it all flowed? Mm. I think so. There's quite a jump between the second and the third books. Um, yeah. Well, the, well, the first and the second. Um, I don't know. I think the first and the second fit together a little better um, than the others, if only because Nathaniel and Bartimaeus have had no contact between the first and the second book. 
But when you come to the third book, you find out that they've, um, they, Nathaniel's been summoning Bartimaeus all the time, and they've had various, uh, various adventures together, which Bartimaeus references. Um, and yeah. so it feels like we've, we've missed a piece between okay. those two for me. Um, okay, I'll see what you mean. But overall, I think the story does have general good flow, and I, and as you said before, you know, Nathaniel, um, has, it has a great development through it. Uh, and Bartimaeus has less development, but he does, he does have, um, development, if, if only in his relationship with, um, Nathaniel and Kitty. He doesn't, he doesn't necessarily grow as a person, um, except, no. well, except in the flashbacks in the, in the third book, um, when you see him with, um, with Ptolemy. Ptolemy. Well, you see, I, I think that is very fitting because he is a very ancient yes, exactly. uh, being. So his development would essentially be mm. a lot slower. Yeah, he's got all of these years. Yeah, he's very set in his ways. Yeah, very, very set in his ways. Um, there are some things that I was curious about, which unfortunately hasn't really been answered in the books. Is is how are these beings created? Mm. Yes, that's the thing. They they talk about uncovering their names, which you know, as names are very important. It's the demons' names that uh, get them summoned into into mm. sort of the the human world, essentially. Um, but it's never it's never gone into detail as to how these names are uncovered. Yeah, whether exactly. it's through experimentation, sort of trying different names, or whether there's something else. Um. Because it's there's never sort of any, I think it must be sort of experimentation in a way with with different names and and sort of different vocalizations because there's sort of never really any reference to ancient ancient tablets or sort of any any source particularly no, that of these of names. These names. Um, and and you know there's different demons who have been summoned for for the first time um, throughout in different eras. So, for example, Bartimaeus's uh, f- friend Quiesel is only uh, 2,000 years old, sort of in terms of the real world, whereas Bartimaeus is over 5,000 years old. Mm. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it would be interesting to, to, to see that, if ever there were to be another book. Um, but, yeah, I... I don't know. Because I was reading that um, he was uh, Jonathan Stroud. That mm. is, I was considering writing a book of short stories. Oh right. Um, that's actually where um, the Ring of Solomon came from. Mm. It was going to be a short story, but he felt he needed it needed to be longer. Okay. Um, so I hope mm. he'll go back to the idea of short that stories be, that, to explain yeah, shit. That would be nice. You know, it'd be nice, interesting to see that world from different. Uh, although it'd be terrible to lose Bartimaeus um, mm. would be interesting to see it from different perspectives certainly well, it would be um, I mean you, there's, there's certainly a good Fakwal story knocking about somewhere somewhere <laughs> yes there has to be I mean even seeing the review uh, even if Bartimaeus is in there just seeing mm. Fakwal's point of view yes, of Bartimaeus that would be lovely to yeah, have a Fakwal Fakwal book and then somewhere at the end this irritating Tiresome Ginny Bartimaeus turns up. Yeah, he's like, ah. Oh, and makes a muck yeah. of things and buggers off again. 
Yeah, that is what Bartimaeus does. He doesn't care. He's there to have some fun. Yeah. But he gets the job done. One way or another. You get me, the back chat comes free. Yep. <laughs> back chat comes for free. He does do a lot of back chatting. Yeah. That <laughs> he does. How did you feel about the um, the entire ending and how it was all wrapped up? It was really nice, you know. It was really nice to and 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 sad, you know, terribly sad. Oh, yeah. To, to um to uh, uh although this episode been full of spoilers, spoilers oh, yeah. are right at the end of the book. Spoilers. Um, very sad to see Nathaniel sacrifice himself for to save Bartimaeus. Although he, he was sacrificing himself anyway, but releasing Bartimaeus at the last moment so that he could live on because. You know, it's it's never explicitly stated what happens to them, but uh, his body gets mortally wounded at one point. Um, Does yeah. And uh, it's only Bartimaeus's strength that keeps him going. Um, and uh, it'd be interesting to know whether or not Kitty ever discovers that Bartimaeus survived. Honestly, it's 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 sad that she, you know, the book ends with her not knowing, her thinking that they're both that they both died. Because mm. in the end, um, Bartimaeus and Nathaniel actually do become. Oh yes, they they, know, they, they, be- they they become a hybrid themselves, but they. Oh, hybrid! Yes, but, it's not but, used. I've been watching too much Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, they become a hybrid themselves, but Bartimaeus doesn't take over Nathaniel's mind. No, he doesn't uh, burn it. They exist. Yeah, they exist together, um, and they use. Bartimaeus's power to fuel the staff of Gladstone, which they used to, uh, to destroy knowledge. Yeah, to, which they used to destroy the other hybrids, which are running amok through London. It's, and they're actually a really effective team. Yeah, What's, like, they work a lot better as a team than the other hybrids. Yeah. Well, once they uh, once they figure out who to who gets to control <laughs> the legs and this and that. <laughs> yeah, who controls the legs? Who controls the uh, staff? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and in the end, they uh, take down Nauda, mm-hmm. Luda, however you want to speak it, after, well, basically, they, they kind of tricked Kitty into leaving, because mm. uh, they knew that they were going to die. Yeah. Although, yeah, obviously, she she, she knew, but, uh, you know, they... Yeah, I suppose, deep down. They, can, they kind of forced her to, to sort of take the out, because there's nothing she could have done to help. No. Um, and so, yeah, they... They sort of uh, get narrowed into uh, the uh, the big. Is it Crystal Palace they're at? No, it's yeah, James. St James's Crystal Palace is that? Something like that. Um, yeah. And St James's uh, Palace. And uh, they they collapse the uh, the crushing iron down onto Nauda, who's also uh, larger and larger. Substance. Um, yeah, no, no, hazardous yeah, to demons. Another, like silver, uh, iron's not good for them. Um, yep, Nathaniel. Uses the staff of Gladstone to blow, to blow the palace to pieces, so it all collapses on Nauda, but and dies himself in the process. But uh, dismisses Bartimaeus back to the other place, but just before he does it, at the last second. Mm. Um, I will say it, it is very sad because I would have liked to see more of Nathaniel. Mm. Um. But I guess in a way it is kind of fitting because it proves 
that he wasn't a magician in the end. Mm. He wasn't part of the power hungry cycle. No, he he was he was genuinely yeah willing to sacrifice himself for the people to do what the government sort of should have been doing all yeah. along. You know, work, should have been protecting the people. working for the people, not ruling them with an iron fist. Um, and that's what he does. Yeah, it was very sad. Because he could have been Prime Minister. <laughs> Do you think he would have wanted to be after if he had survived, honestly? No. Exactly. Uh, he would have been a good Prime Minister. He would, yes, I, yeah, he would you're have been. right, he wouldn't have wanted to be mm. it because he said he didn't want the power. Yeah, he would have. He would have said, no, yeah. not for me. Right off. Not for me. Gone off, gone <laughs> off and uh, pursued her relationship with the the grey-haired kitty. Yes. That's another aspect that was... Yeah, that was okay. Mm. Um, because what happened is when she goes to the other place, her body ages. Mm. So she well, leaves as what a... Well, it's, it doesn't necessarily... 16-year-old girl. It doesn't necessarily age. It just sort of starts to die. Um, well... So, and, yeah... The way it was portrayed, it was dying. Mm. So you know, white hair, lines, old age. Yeah, she gets. Yeah, she does get wrinkles, but she's still. She gets very frail. She's still. Well, no, she's still got the the physique of a of a sort of sixty or oh, twenty year old. I think she is by then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, her her skin sags and her hair her hair goes grey slash white. Um, from shock and trauma. <laughs> from her visit to the other place. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. I think overall. Um, or have you read any any of the other books that um, Stroud has written? I did pick up. Um, I think it was something called Heroes of the Valley or something. Yes. Um, but I uh, I couldn't really get into it. Um, I started it, oh, no. but um, yeah, no, it didn't. It didn't really grab me. I'm afraid. Um, Possibly, I, I need. I need. I do. It. I do have it on my bookshelf. I need to give it another go. But um, mm. when I first bought, no, it... I need to read more from Jonathan mm. Stroud as have well. Have you read that one? Is it good? No, no. I've I've only really read the Bartimaeus series. Mm. Um, but he has just got a uh, a new book series. Um, I believe that's just come out. Oh right. Um, called Lockwood. Ah. Um, Lockwood and Co. Right. Is that, it sounds like a sort of detective agency or something. I believe ah, so. I'll have to give that one a look. Um, but I'm not sure when that was released, but I think that's one of his latest mm. release is uh, Lockwood. So. Well then. Yeah. Does that lead us on quite nicely to I trivia? Quiz and trivia time. Quiz and trivia time! Are you ready to be quizzed? I'm ready to be quizzed. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering sort of how difficult you'll find these questions. I think the first question you're certainly going to get uh, because we've come very close to it in our in our talk. Um, but uh, here we go. They're all, all multiple choice again. So, uh, okay, first question. Jessica, Whit yeah, Jessica Whitwell has an Afrit demon called Shubit. What animal form does it normally take? Is it A, a monkey, B, a gorilla, or C, a bear? Oh, I'm going to go and say a gorilla. <laughs> oh, that's wrong. I'm afraid it's a bear. 
Ah, it was either a bear or a gorilla. <laughs> ah. Mm. No, there's another government minister who has uh, who has a, a big monkey demon. Um, ah, that, you uh, wasn't wasn't Jessica Whitwell, I fear. Um, Damn it. Okay, uh, in the first book, uh, in the garden of he- garden of Headlam Hall, there's a fountain uh, fountain statue that Bartimaeus throws at the mercenary. What does the statue depict? Is it a god throwing a lightning bolt, a god trying to kiss a dolphin, or a god laughing at a blind demon? It's a god trying to kiss a dolphin. It is a god trying to kiss a dolphin. I remember that now. Thank God this is multiple choice. As soon as you said that, I was like, ah, it's all come back to me. Okay, now, which of these is not a name that Bartimaeus has had through the centuries. Ungorso, Reckit, Zoxen, and Wakanda. Ooh, read them again. Ungorso, Reckit, Zoxen, and Wakanda. What's the last Wakanda. one? Wakanda. <sighs> See, the first one, or the third mm. one, Read those ones out again. <laughs> the first and the third. First one was yep, but... Ngorso, and the third one was Zoxen. I'm gonna go for Ngorso. No, I'm afraid it was Zoxen. Ah! No, he's <laughs> almost. Right. No, he's uh, he's he was Ngorso the Mighty, or the Serpent oh. of Silver Plumes. <laughs> okay. Um, in the Ring of Solomon. Bartimaeus is chastised by Solomon for taking what guys? A pygmy rhino, a pygmy elephant, or a pygmy hippo? Pygmy Correct. Hippo. Yes! Because uh, he made the pygmy hippo look a lot like one of Solomon's tubbier wives. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, uh, I'm sure you'll know this one. What is Fakwal's favourite disguise? Yeah. Is, it, is it a cook, a butler, or a belly dancer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can imagine now as a belly dancer. That's a, yep. Cook, chef, oh, is correct. He's a cook. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in Solomon's Gate, who does Kitty learn magic from so that she can summon Bartimaeus? Is it Mr. Uh, Button, Mr. Mr. Tallow, Button. or Mr. Hopkins? It's Mr. Button. Mr. Button. Uh, back to the Ring of Solomon. In the Ring of Solomon, Bartimaeus is trapped in a bottle by his evil master, Kaaba. He is released a few hours later by his mirror. But how long does Bartimaeus believe he's been imprisoned? Is it several days, several months, several years, or several decades? I think you believe he's been in there for like several decades. <sighs> several years, I'm afraid. Ah, oh, damn <laughs> I'll give you half a point for that one because that one's a bit, uh, bit indistinct. Okay. Yeah, was <laughs> ambiguous. That's that's four and a half you've got. Let's see if you can get five and a half. Um, in the golem's eye, how does Bartimaeus try to kill the mercenary? Is it by setting him on fire, by catching him in a tornado, by throwing him down a mountainside, or by <laughs> all of the above? <laughs> what all? Of the- um, 
fire? It's by all of the above. I was going to say that because I thought fire and tornado, he'd both tried that, but I was like, mountain? It's in... What the hell did he try to throw it's him down a mountain? It's in Prague when they meet the, uh, the, meet the man who creates the golem script. Um, his house is on the top of uh, Palace Hill. And uh, Bartimaeus sets him on fire, catches up him up in a tornado, and throws the mercenary and the house down the hill. <laughs> and yet the mercenary survives this. Yes, because he has an invulnerability yeah. to magic as well. Apparently an invulnerability to being thrown at great height um, down a mountainside. Yes. There we go. I'm not doing very good with this well, quiz. You that, that's, sorry, that's the last question. So uh, <laughs> you got four and a half. So that, that's that's over four and a half over eight. So that's more than fifty percent. <laughs> Should have been more. <laughs> uh, I did try to make some of them a bit tricky. Um, I'm gonna get there, you. There's some you some of you got straight off, which I I, I wasn't sure you would. Um, like Mr. Button. It's button. <laughs> it is button. button. Uh, right. Are you ready for some interesting facts? I am more than ready. <laughs> well, as uh, it's quite hard sometimes to find interesting hidden facts about books for mm. some reason, not as uh, copious as films are. Uh, so I've done some interesting facts about the author himself included. So. Jonathan Stroud was, in fact, born in Bedford. Did you I know that? I did not know that. Oh. Bedford in Bedfordshire and now resides uh, somewhere in Hertfordshire. <gasps> That's where I live, in Hertfordshire. <laughs> I could bump into him on the street. <laughs> Do you know what he looks like? <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, ah, I've seen some pictures, so maybe I'll just walk around with that mm. my uh, purse and uh, get out once in a yep. while. Um... The second interesting fact is he was first and initially an editor for a book company and then turned author. And his first book was Married Fire, which was published in 1999. Uh, and then that was swiftly followed by the Bartimaeus mm. trilogy. Um, and the idea of Bartimaeus came to him while he was walking gloomily home in the rain. <laughs> Uh, so that was how Bartimaeus was born in the rain uh, and he actually wrote the first four chapters in about four hours wow. well in about a day because okay. uh, <laughs> um, he just heard this voice as soon as he started writing the voice um, the character of Bartimaeus mm. it just jumped out at him and he just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and by the time he got to the fourth chapter he was like well I should probably write a plan for this <laughs> Um, and so he did. He realised he had more um, than enough for a book, so he wrote, turned it into three <laughs> books. Um, and we thank yes, him for we it. Do. Well done, well done, Jonathan <laughs> Stroud. Yes. Um, he actually kind of based the early character of Nathaniel um, to himself. Mm. He's a bit similar to the way he was uh, when he was in his early teens. You know, a bit nerdy, a bit gawky, and. Yeah. Uh, always had his nose in a book as Nathaniel does he always wants to learn wants to always get be the best but no magician ever was <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Um, and my final fact is more than six million copies of the trilogy have been sold 
and it's been in 36 languages worldwide. That's that's a lot for, you know... That is a lot. Mm. And for those wondering the name Bartimaeus, where that came from, it is not, in fact, related to the biblical Bartimaeus. I looked up the story. There is no connection connection whatsoever. just, Just thought Bartimaeus... Yeah. Fair enough. Yes. So I'm not sure that the inspiration was behind the name of Bartimaeus, but as far as I can tell, no connection to the biblical blind Bartimaeus. Uh, Raspberries. Raspberries. But if you do want to know more about Bartimaeus, there is a fantastic site, which I do recommend. So get your pen and papers ready. Um, Go on to www.bartimaeusbooks.com. And on that, you'll find a web page that is completely dedicated to Bartimaeus. Um, and you can even, there is a lovely little piece here, uh, of a little blog from Bartimaeus. It's a little, a little message from Bart, it says. And it's a day in the life, a little extra, um, of a day in the life in Bartimaeus, where Bartimaeus, uh, has a little blog. And you can read what he does. Like just a little extra. As, short as a good story. little reader, I remember reading that a little while ago. Um, yeah. yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, so go check out that website. It is a lot of fun. Also gives you a little bit more background about what Jonathan Stroud is currently doing. If you do want to read more of his works, please do go and check them out. Hmm. Well, I think it's about time we started giving out some pieces of candy. <gasps> Are there some for me? <laughs> None for you. What? Why all for not? Jonathan Stroud. You know what? Yes. <laughs> I would give all of my candies to Jonathan Stroud. As long as he gave me some of his sweet, sweet candies. <laughs> oh, I'd save a few back for uh, Simon Jones, as long as he uh, read me the books out loud. <laughs> While naked? Um, Simon Jones is quite old now. Ah. <laughs> oh. But uh, he <laughs> road please. Although Simon Jones has such a wonderful voice, he is is he's best known for voicing um, Arthur Dent in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy radio series. Um, ah. and he's been he's been doing it since the original radio broadcast, um, and uh, still yeah. going. Um, and yes, no, Simon Jones. I would love a white noise machine, white noise machine sort of audio track of him. Just sort of slowly making clearing throat noises and sipping cups of tea. Um, But uh, for pieces of candy, out of 42, I'm... hmm, Sadly, the Ring of Solomon does pull it back for me a little bit. Um, So I'm going to give it 34. Ooh, that's very low. <laughs> it's not that low. <laughs> no, I suppose not. Um, no. Yeah, because uh, fourth book, all right, not great, not 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 up to the standard of the uh, original trilogy, I fear. Um, and original okay. trilogy, yeah, some some of the growing up chapters I felt dragged a little bit. Um, but other than that, yeah, great great series, wonderfully written. Um, go go go, bye bye bye. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I'm going to give it a, a fairly similar score, actually. I'm going to give it a score of 36. Okay. Um, anyway, because it is one of my favorite, favorite books when I was growing yeah. up. 
uh, one of my favorite teenage books. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing <laughs> um, kind of things. Uh, and I think my love for the first book carries a lot of the votes <laughs> in this. It gets the most pieces of candy. Yeah. Um, but for the same reasons, some of the Solomon's ring was disappointing and the chapters in Gollum's eye just never ended. <laughs> um, which do I feel let like the series down. So overall, I would give it a 36. Okay. Oh. You heard it here, here first, folks. You did. Well. Well, maybe that brings us tragically to the end. I know, it, parting is such sweet sorrow. But, uh, How does the rest of that go? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, no. <laughs> you can find us again next week. And uh, we'll be talking about some kind of video game, probably. Video game! <laughs> it's going to be yeah, awesome. So uh, keep your internet wireless tuned. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, Thanks very much for listening. Yes, thank you very much, guys. We'll see you yep. next week. Goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Bye. Bye.